Good morning, everyone. I'm so glad that you are here to worship with us. Um, and to those who are worshiping online, we are so glad that you are with us as well. Write something in the comments if you're joining us online. Um, wanted to let everybody know that this coming Saturday is going to be our Camp Sumatanga Saturday that we've rescheduled. Um, and you can come and sign up to work in the morning or in the afternoon, but, or come all day from nine to three and we're gonna have lunch, it's gonna be great. I plan on working the early shift so I can go hike up to the cross and have an awesome time at Camp Sumatanga. Um, we also, uh, this month, are showing love to the Love Center. Um, if you don't know, the Love Center got a new kitchen, and it is awesome. So we're collecting some things for their kitchen. Uh, Dawn soap, paper towels, toilet paper, dishwasher pods, and hand sanitizer bottles. Um, and we're going to be uh, collecting all of those here at the church, but especially on Palm Sunday, on our Palm Sunday celebration, you can bring those to that service. And again, that's for the Love Center. If you're here and you don't know what the Love Center is, uh, it's a homeless shelter for women and families, and they do an awesome job. So we want to help them out. Pathfinder Sunday School and Martin Fellowship Sunday School are back in person today. Is that awesome? There's actually, I see some Pathfinder folks here today, and they are ready. They're excited. So if you're watching online, come here and join them in person if you want to uh, at Sunday School Hour. The flowers on the altar today, if you can see them, um, they are in honor of Holly Sparks Freeman. They're given by Greg and Nola Neighbors, Robert and uh, Ellen Neighbors, and also Judy Gray. My last announcement is this. The 28th, uh, that Sunday, our service is going to be at a different time. Uh, it's going to be a combined service at 10 a.m. at the amphitheater. So we're going to be outside, spread out, have an awesome Palm Sunday. And I just found out we have animals coming. What's better than that, Pastor Sam? We're going to have animals, lots of fun, lots of excitement. So you don't want to miss Palm Sunday in person. Um, let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Loving God, we are so thankful for this beautiful Sunday morning. Um, whether we're here in person or online, God, we are all connected. Uh, we pray that you will calm our hearts and our minds and help us focus on you. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you this morning, and I'm glad that you're worshiping with us at home. I feel connected to you, even if you're not sitting in this room. I know that we're worshiping together, and I know that, I don't know, our good, good fathers enjoying this music like we are, and we're able to praise God wherever we are. So we're, we're glad to be connected that way. We're thankful for you supporting us. Uh, we're, we're thankful for everybody that's going to volunteer next Saturday to come and help work at Camp Sumatonga. And, for everyone who's going to help support the Love Center, all the ministries and missions that we do, we need you to support. So uh, this is a good time to bring up our offering. If you want to give an offering, uh, you can give it in the plates that are by the doors. If you're in this room today, you can um, put it in the mail. You can give online. We're even working on getting a, a Donate Now button, button on uh, our Facebook live stream. So. Um, just thank you for your support. Continue to give. Send us your prayer requests. We have a dedicated prayer team, and we, we love to pray for our people. Send us your answers to prayers. We'd love to hear that, too. Uh, we have an awesome children's ministry, and uh, Miss Catherine is going to take our children's to children's church right now. They're going to have a great time. And while they head that way, Will you bow with me as we go to the Lord in prayer? Gracious God, thank you for this beautiful day that you've given to us, for this chance to worship you. Thank you, Lord, uh, that we can, we can just gather. Uh, we can gather our hearts even when we're not all together, but uh, we're able, Lord, because things are a little bit better now that we can gather a little bit. And it's, it's like medicine to our soul, Lord in addition to medicine through our bodies. Lord, I, I pray for your grace on, on those who are struggling right now. I pray for you to be with those who are carrying a heavy load of grief right now, for those who need a touch of healing, Lord, and for all of us who need your forgiveness and to be reminded that you're going to take care of us. Now, receive, Lord, the offering that we give to you of our hearts and our lives and our tithes and our offerings and use it to build up your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
I want to thank the praise band for leading us in worship. I want to invite you to turn with me to Ephesians chapter 2 this morning. And, oh, just a reminder, at the, at the end of this service, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion. And if you're here in the room and you didn't get one of the little self-contained um, communion cups and wafers in the baskets... Uh, on the chairs you come in the door and on the table by there and we'll make sure that you have one if you're at home you want to celebrate with us today just just be prepared get whatever you have on hand and um, and celebrate with us today we will not have drive-through communion which we have have done uh, several times over the last months 
so um, celebrate with us at home. Those who are here, uh, join us at 11 o'clock, and we'll remember this sacrament together. Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. It is a gift of God, not the result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are what he has made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand to be our way of life. Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of my favorite teachers, uh, Chuck Connery, used to tell us a story about when he was growing up. And he, he grew up, his mother was a devout Roman Catholic. And some of his earliest memories, when he was about four years old or so, he remembers his mother uh, teaching him to pray. And they would kneel down beside her bed, and she would have him fold his hands, and she would try to teach him the Lord's Prayer. And she, he remembers her teaching him, um, our Father who art in heaven, and he just stopped her and said, Mama, who is God? And his mom thought for a moment, and she had uh, a crucifix hanging over her bed. And so she pointed at the crucifix hanging over her bed, and she said, that's God, pointing to Jesus on the cross. But in his four-year-old mind, what she meant was that that, that crucifix was, was God. And to him, some of his earliest memories is he was thinking about that, that that was God. And so in his little four-year-old heart, he, he laid down on his bed for a nap that afternoon, and he would picture the, the little crucifix in his mind, and he talked to the crucifix, and he said, Hello, God. I love you, God. And he said that in his, his mind, the, the crossbar of, of the crucifix turned up in a smile. And it made him feel good. It made him feel like that God was happy with him. And sometime later on that day, uh, he did something that he wasn't supposed to do, and he got in trouble. Four-year-old boys, four-year-old girls, they all do that, okay? So he got in trouble, and he had to go to his room for time out. And he was laying there on his bed, and this time he was not feeling very good about himself. And he, in his mind, saw the crucifix again, and this time the crucifix was doing a frowny face. Um, well, I know that sounds like a little silly story of a four-year-old kid, but, but honestly, um, the smiley face and frowny face theology is something that many people carry around with them their whole lives. Uh, and it goes like this. If I do something good, God loves me. And if I do something bad, God doesn't. So that kind of theology, I call it a theology of merit, is, is understandable when you're four years old, okay? But our faith and our theology is really supposed to grow up and mature with us as we grow up and mature physically and emotionally 
we're supposed to grow up and mature spiritually as well. Merit theology. We see it a lot in the Old Testament, and, and it kind of works like this. If the people who, who are following after God, if they do what God has commanded them to do, then the rains come, and, and their crops come in, and, and then uh, their, their wives will bear sons, and their armies will be victorious, and they will be healthy and prosperous if they do what God tells them to do. But if they disobey God, then the rain will stop falling on their crops and they'll have droughts. And then the, the women will be barren and the enemies will defeat their armies and overtake them. And plagues and heartaches and all of that stuff, you see, it's the same smiley face and frowny face theology of merit. If you're good, you're blessed. And if you're bad, you're cursed. The thing about that kind of thinking is it's still around. It's all over the place. People still think like that. One of my good friends um, has, well, their son and daughter got married a few years ago. And it was it's such a, a great celebration. Beautiful young couple. They, they had a, their first child and everything was going great they were working hard and they they bought their first house and and my friend and his wife had been a part of this church um, that that had a kind of theology of blessing and cursing kind of thing and and when when their son and daughter-in-law got their new house um, this person from their church said you know this is a, a perfect example of God's favor being on someone and she said to her friend you know what it's not really an example of God's favor being on someone it's an example of a young couple who worked hard and who saved their money and who made good decisions and they got to buy their first house this doesn't have anything to do with God's favor or God's cursing being on them and you see, if you live long enough, then, and if you've paid attention as you've come along through the years, you realize that the merit-based theology just doesn't work. It doesn't hold water because all of us know of really bad people, really wicked, awful people who seem like everything is going right for them. Like they just have it made in the shade, you know? And then we see really good and really righteous and honorable people who just suffer horribly and it seems like they're doing everything right but everything bad happens to them now I'm not talking about the principle of reaping what you sow because we know that actions carry responsibilities I'm talking about looking at God and saying God you owe me better I think I've earned it. I expect you to pay me for what I did because I deserve it. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of different denominations around the world. We know that, don't we? Um, and, and because there are so many denominations, that should give us a hint that... Um, we all can't agree on everything. 
even within our own denomination, we can't agree on anything, on everything. But I think having a, a basic foundation of essential theology is, is where we need to meet in the midst of our differences. John Wesley used to say this, and I think he got it from St. Augustine. He said, in the essentials, unity, in the non-essentials, liberty, and in all things, charity or love. And so there are things for us as United Methodists that are just are not that essential. And that's why you will find a variety of different views. We kind of have a big tent in our um, in our denomination. You'll find people under our tent that are, I don't know, Pentecostal and charismatic and people that are very conservative and people that are very progressive. The majority of us kind of probably fall somewhere in the middle of all of that. And I, that's where I consider myself to be. I consider myself to be a via media middle way Methodist. I do have strong opinions about things, but I try to give liberty to those who disagree with me, who think differently from me, and I try to show charity to everybody. And I believe that we can disagree. This is just me. I believe that we can disagree uh, without being nasty to each other and disagreeable. One of the ways that I describe my theology is a peanut butter and banana sandwich theology. Okay? Apologies to my wife who hates bananas, but okay, just go with me here. Peanut butter and banana sandwich theology. Um, in a peanut butter and banana sandwich, you have essentials, which are bananas, peanut butter, and bread. So, unity in the essentials, as John Wesley would say. Um, now, among those uh, essentials, you have different ways of making a peanut butter and banana sandwich. That would be the non-essentials. Uh, because some people insist on how many of y'all uh, only use Jif peanut butter? Or, or okay, or, or Peter Pan. Um, so, how many of you use crunchy peanut butter? There's some crunchy people out there, I know. Um, so, uh, uh, does anybody have a certain kind of banana? Anybody like Chiquita bananas or Dole bananas, you know? There's different kinds of bananas. All right, and then when you make your peanut butter and banana sandwich, uh, do you slice your, uh, your bananas up into little medallions? How many are medallion slicers? Okay. Are, do we have any lengthwise slicers out there? I've seen some lengthwise slicers. And I know, uh, I know some people, I, do, I really honestly don't understand this. Some people get their banana and their peanut butter and they mash it all up together into a blob and they put the blob on the bread. Any blob, will you admit to being a blob person? It's okay, there's no judgment here. Okay, so who uses white bread only for their uh, wheat bread, you know, other kinds of bread? Does anybody toast their bread before they make peanut butter bread? Does anybody grill their peanut butter and jelly sandwich like Elvis used to do? Grill it, grill it, honestly. 
I, I, I talked with somebody the other day that had said they put mayonnaise on their peanut butter. Now, that's bringing a whole new theology in there that, yeah, I see one back there, you know. But honestly, my point is there are lots of different ways to make a peanut butter and banana sandwich. But the way you do it is not the essential thing. My, that's kind of my theology. I'm okay with somebody making their sandwich different than I do. What's essential are these elements, peanut butter, banana, and bread. So why am I talking about that besides making myself hungry this morning? I'm talking about that because in Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10, I see something that's essential to our Christian faith. It's, it's the peanut butter and banana and bread of our Christian faith. And it's something that we are all hungry for, even if we don't realize we are. And these are, these are the essentials that our hearts are hungry for. Like St. Augustine also said, Thou hast made us for thyself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in these. What we're hungry for, the peanut butter and banana sandwich of our faith, I, I, I boiled it down to six words. Six words that if we grab onto these can really change our life and change the way we look to God and keep us from the smiley face, frowny face theology. And this is it. The first two words are by grace. By grace. So if I were to ask you a question, you were to respond to me today, um, I would hope that you could say these two words out loud. And my question would be, how are we saved? And your answer would be, by grace. By grace. So, and so what is grace? Grace is the unmerited, undeserved gift of God. So it's a gift. It's a gift. And when somebody gives you a gift, you don't say, well, what do, what do I owe you? How much do I owe you? You might say it in the South. We kind of say it joking around, knowing that, it's, you know, how much do I owe you? Oh, you don't owe me anything. It's a gift. If I owed you something, it wouldn't be a gift, right? I might say thank you, but that's not the same as paying for it. If you had to pay for it, it wouldn't really be a gift. So when it comes to Christ, the only thing that will satisfy the hunger in our hearts, it's not trying to be good enough. You ever just try to be good? It's like when you're little and your parents tell you, now be good, you know, be good. And, and it's like, I tried, but, but I, it didn't work, you know. We can't be good enough. We can't work hard enough. We can't depend on our ability or our intelligence or our wit or our good deeds. If we are saved by any of that stuff, then we might have room to boast. Look how good I am. Look how many good things I did. So really, really clear part of our essentials for our theology it's got to be essential got to be essential so one more time let me ask you and you can say this out loud if you want to how are we saved the two words by grace by grace so here are the next two words 
and you could say these out loud too if you want to um, the next two words are through faith through faith so if we put all of them together and we answer the question how are we saved uh, the answer is by grace through faith we've already defined grace as being the unmerited undeserved gift of God so what about faith how, what, what is our definition of faith I always like to go to Hebrews 11:1 1, and, and let the scripture define what faith is and the scripture says in Hebrews 11:1, 1, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see being sure of what we hope for and being certain of what we don't even see it's assurance combined with anticipation let's just say that your parents are throwing you a birthday party and and you are sure that you're going to get some gifts at your birthday party you have that assurance how do you know it hasn't happened yet how do you know that you're gonna get some presents well you know based on the trust that you have in your parents that they love you and that they want to give you good gifts and the praise band saying earlier it, God is a good good father and we are loved by him that's why we have the assurance that these are going to be good gifts plus you also know from past experience right you remember last year's birthday party and you got some presents and they were good people didn't like wrap up rattlesnakes and give to you they were they were good 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 things that's the assurance the anticipation is when you see the gifts and they're wrapped up there and you haven't seen you haven't opened them yet right you haven't seen inside of those you haven't seen in the box but you just know that they're good why well because your parents love you and they want to give you good gifts that's how we received the gift of salvation it, uh, the salvation is by grace but it's from a God that we cannot see we can't see God we see God through faith through the assurance that because God is good and God loves us we anticipate that when we open that box whatever God has for us in the future we anticipate we anticipate that when we leave this life and go to the next life we will go into a future that is held by him that's the assurance that's the anticipation and it's not based on our goodness it's based on God's goodness six words that are the essentials of your faith that will change your life change the way you look at everything by grace through faith and then the last two words are do good do good remember I talked about how our hearts are restless and they're hungry for God and you know we have another hunger in our lives the other hunger is is what we see in verse 10 some folks like to stop at verse 9 is the whole by grace are you saved through faith and not of works lest anyone should boast it's a gift of God and then some people just kind of stop there but verse 10 is very very important because it tells us why we were made we we are made by God we're God's workmanship I like that that 
translation of that verse. We're God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. I want, I want all of us to accept the gift of God by grace through faith. I think that's the only way we have peace with God. But that other restlessness comes from the fact that God has created us for something. Each, each of us has a, a purpose. God, we're, we're made to do something, right? And I think that we're, we're restless until we find that which we're made to do and we just go out and do it. And that's doing, I know it's doing works. I know it's doing stuff. And we're not saved by works, but we are saved for works. God has something prepared and advanced that he wants us to do. And out of a heart of gratitude, you see, out of a heart of gratitude, that's how we go forward and do it. We go forward and make somebody else's life a little bit better, a little bit more like what God intended for it to be. By grace, through faith, do good. And I've seen you do it. I've seen you in action. I know that there are some who are willing to, to do things, but they, but they can't. And I know that there are some who could, but they won't. But I have seen you, church. I've seen you use the gifts that God has given you. And it's a beautiful thing. It's your purpose. It's doing what you were just cut out to do. That is the peanut butter and banana sandwich that you're hungry for. Those six words, by grace, through faith, do good. Let's pray. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that at the bottom of all this, it's simple. It's not easy, but it is simple. That you have created us, each of us a little bit different, each of us with different talents and gifts. And you've saved us. You've saved us by grace. It's the gift of God. And you save us through faith through that assurance and anticipation of what we can't see, but trusting who you are. So help us, Lord, to commit to doing what you've made us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. took the bread and he blessed it and he broke it and he said take and eat this is my body which is broken for you likewise after supper he took the cup 
he gave thanks to the Father. And he said, drink from this, all of you. This is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Drink this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's pray. Gracious God, we are so thankful. We're so thankful that you've given yourself for us. And as we remember your body broken for us, your blood shed for us, for our salvation, Lord, by grace, through faith. We know that we're, we're not worthy to receive this gift. We didn't earn this gift. But you love us and you give it to us. And so we ask that you would forgive us for where we failed you. And we also, Lord, ask that you would pour out your spirit now on those who are joining us by live stream, on those who are in this room, on all of those who by faith are bowing before you now. Pour out your spirit on us and make us one with each other. Pour out your spirit on this, these gifts of bread and wine. May they be for us the body and blood of Christ, even as we are the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Make us one with each other. Make us one with you. And then make us one in service to the world as we do good. In your name. Until we feast again at your heavenly banquet, Lord, we use this earthly banquet as a chime to remember and say thanks. Amen. So if you will take your um, cup, the very top layer, it's kind of hard to, to get off there. It's for the bread. body of Christ broken for you. Help your neighbor if they need help. I don't have fingernails. It's hard for me. And then the next, the blood of Christ shed for you.
sisters and brothers hear this benediction by grace through faith do good in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit Amen <laughs>